Oh, okay. Welcome to the Raz Blitz Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Bowie. And joining me today, as always, is Zach Robinson. Zach, it's Senior Skip Day. Please tell us how did you spend your Senior Skip Day. I, uh, I wrote my uh, rankings articles this morning, and uh, now I'm here. <laughs> you didn't do anything fun whatsoever. You didn't nope. do any illicit substances, no- nothing to report. No, sir, I am Jesus. a upstanding citizen, or at least I try to be. I don't even remember my senior skip day, and I, I know I had one, but I, I don't remember it, so I assume that's a good thing. Reed, what did you do on your senior skip day? Honestly, it was like, oh my god, now I'm, it makes me like think how old I actually am. It was like nine years ago, I mean, I don't know what the fuck I did back then, but it was, pro- I don't know, honestly, I have no idea what I did on my skip day so long ago. But... I think it's different because, you know, down here in Tampa, you know, there's things to do. Like, what can one do in Buffalo? Well, according to the uh, Monday Night Football Marshawn Lynch uh, pregame videos that they used to do back when the Bills were on Monday Night Football, they used to uh, go to Applebee's all the time. (laughs) They prevent bar grill. Yeah, but lately everyone realizes that it sucks and nobody goes there anymore. (laughs) Also, did you know that there is actually a Buffalo Wild Wings in Western New York, in Buffalo. I'm still amazed that anyone would ever in their right mind go there. When you're, like, if you're a tourist, why would you go to Buffalo Wild Wings? If you're local, because you know people think it's the Wild people Wings. think it's the original. No, everyone thinks Anchor Bar is the original, which also overrated and not very good. What is the best wing in Buffalo? So there's actually three schools of thought on this. It's similar to uh, Dwight Schrute with his uh, two schools of thought on what bear is best. So there's Elmo's out by UB. In fact, Khalil Mack, defensive end for the Raiders, who got shut down against the Bills last week. What up? Um, Mm -hmm. Elmo's (laughs) out by UB. Then there's Gabriel's Gate downtown in, uh, in Allentown area. And then... There's one other place that I'm still trying to get to, or I guess the other big one would be the original Duffs. It was built in like 1930 something. It's old as shit. And okay. it's like, they are so good. All of those wings are like elite, hashtag elite level. You, you, you won't you're, have any other wings. You're blue cheese over ranch, correct? Having ranch with your chicken wings in Buffalo is like heresy. <laughs> yeah is, i agree it is absolutely disgusting i don't know why anybody would do that <laughs> why would people why would anyone do that i i don't know no, um, seriously seriously why would it who does that, <laughs> who uh, does that? I, I i've seen it happen before i just don't remember who maybe that's why just they're not in my life anymore perhaps is is could be the oh. case but uh, st- sticking with the Buffalo theme, uh, your boys made a huge uh, trade transaction yesterday, yes, right, right at the nick of time, right at uh, 4 o'clock Eastern, the Bills uh, traded away their third and seventh round pick for Kelvin Benjamin. How are you feeling right now? So I'm looking at the trades in sort of like a grand scheme type of things. So the way Brandon Beam maneuvered this roster – is he traded, if I'm, if my math is right, he traded Ronald Darby 
and a seventh round pick for Jordan Matthews and Kelvin Benjamin. If you would have told me that that's the deal, that that's what Ronald Darby and a seventh round pick are worth, I'm like, yeah, all like all the way. I am right. still pretty much all in. Like they had one pick in, or they had two picks in each of the first three rounds this year. Like they still have a third round pick. They have uh, five picks in the first three rounds this upcoming year. The seventh round pick they gave up isn't even their own seventh round pick. They got it when they shipped Cardell Jones in a in just like a throwaway trade to Sandy uh, to L.A. to the Chargers. So they even still have a seventh round pick. They're pretty much playing with house money at that point and trading that away, bringing in uh, an established big guy, Kelvin Benjamin, to continue the theme of no wide receivers on Buffalo will ever get separation. But <laughs> Tyrod has been uh, throwing the ball like 15 feet outside of Zay Jones's uh, catch radius. So maybe it'll be in Kelvin Benjamin's catch radius, and it'll be more uh, passing yards for Tyrod. And you forgot to mention uh, you picked up an extra second-round pick by shipping off pretty much useless Sammy Watkins to Los Angeles. And also getting a starting cornerback in in, uh, EJ Gaines, who has been very good when he's healthy and on the field, is like night and day better. I mean, they have four new players in the secondary. Their whole starting secondary is, is just brand new, and it looks light years better than it was last year. There is hope in Buffalo, New York. There is hope. What'd you guys get for uh, Darius? We got a sixth round pick that can turn into a fifth if they make the playoffs. Now, the reason for that is because his contract is hideous. It's it was a hundred million dollar contract, I believe. And they wanted to get it off the books as fast as humanly possible. So I think next year there's a dead cap hit of like fourteen million, but then mm-hmm. there's scot free after that. Oh, beautiful! Which, is, which, if you're figuring the cap's going to go up a little bit, that's worth it. Because oh, yeah. if you're not going to really use him and you need the cap space, you go and do something like that. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, so sticking with the Buffalo theme, Thursday night, uh, <laughs> the Bills play the Jets. Uh, it's in New York. Uh, or New Jersey, or wherever the hell they play. It is New uh, Jersey. There's one team in New York. There's one team in New York, and it is the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Every just anytime you go to uh, go to a Giants game, you go to a Jets game. You don't go to New York, the state of New York. No, you're in East, Rus- East Rutherford, New Jersey. You are in New Jersey. Uh, they are a New Jersey football team. That's true. Um, who saying it? Who do you like from the from the Bills? From the Bills' side of the ball on Thursday night? I mean, pretty obviously, I like LaShawn McCoy. They're just going to keep feeding him. I think Tyrod will have another very nice game. The Jets' secondary is a little bit banged up right now. Um, I don't think the line moved on the game at all. I think it's still Buffalo giving three and a half points. But That makes sense. Oh, the line's at three, but the to- and the total's at 43. Um, oh, I, I think that's going to go over. Yeah, I think so too. There was actually, there was an interesting thing with the Bills. They have like 30 something games at home where they've gone over 20 points, or it's not 30 something. It's they have the longest streak in the NFL with the most point with uh, going over 20 points consecutively. And oh, wow. of course, obviously, this game's on the road, but it's something to note for the future, like next week when they have 
the uh, extra three days off and they're playing New Orleans, maybe we don't love the New Orleans defense next week as much as we would where we have the last couple weeks. Right. Anyways, that's my little inside Bills t- uh, tidbit for you. Uh, Calvin Benjamin, I don't love him this week, mainly no. because... Is he even going to be active? That's the problem. Is like There's like a 50-50 chance he's even active. Um, and although this, if he's going to have a week where he's going to do well, it might be this one compared to next week, because next week he'll probably line up against Marshawn Lattimore. Not and it looks like Charles Clay is going to be coming back next week. He's doubtful for this week. I don't think he's playing. Right, that's what I but, saw too. But it's gonna. But he actually sees like seven to eight targets a game for a tight end, and that he, and for a team that doesn't throw the ball that much, it eats into the wide receiver targets as well. And the Buffalo really has a wide or a diverse uh, wide receiver tree for throwing it. So. And they'll probably look to get Zay Jones going again. So he's I not heard they're gonna first. they're he's not gonna play as much anymore. Who, Zay Jones? Yeah. I'm not I'm, sure why he wouldn't. So it was interesting watching that game against Oakland. They got him like three they got him three catches like right away. And he actually was good. And then there were some like, oh, he got targets but didn't make the catch. If you watch the plays that ball is uncatchable by like Megatron. Like there's no like no one's catching that fucking thing. Like Tyrod's okay. throwing the ball away, but still close enough where it technically counts as a target to Zay Jones. It's like, no, Tyrod's throwing the ball away and just not giving his wide receiver a remote chance to even make the catch. I don't oh, that makes sense. So like when Pro Football Focus has a really bad numbers on Zay Jones. I take them with a grain of salt because I'm looking at these plays. And I was like, "Wait, that counts as a like a ink like a target at Zay Jones? That's that's not a target. That's a throwaway. Like mm-hmm. that, that's yeah. not. And I don't think he's actually been that bad. And I'm sure it's an unpopular opinion. And fantasy wise, it hasn't been great. Right. It's it's going to get better. And if say Jordan Matthews gets hurt again. I think he would he would be the number two wideout, and he would be somewhat of a sneaky play in okay. deeper leagues. I think the idea that he wouldn't play as much it doesn't make as much sense to me why he wouldn't because he hasn't really been a problem. But who knows with this team? Rick Dennison, I'm not a fan as an offensive coordinator. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you put some perspective on on the Zay Jones thing because he could he could be a late round guy next year that that could really make a lot of sense and really make a lot of noise. Um, but I, as far as this year personally, I, I'm not I'm not reaching for the guy at all. Um, it was nice to see him get some targets in the first quarter, and I, I did see a little bit of that game, and he he did look pretty decent. Um, but yeah, just. I'd like to see, especially bringing in Kelvin Benjamin. Um, I want to wait till next year. But, uh, Zach, I want to get your thoughts on the Jets' side of the ball for Thursday night football. Uh, do you like Robbie Anderson and Josh McCown at all? Yeah, they've been uh, they've been pretty productive these past couple weeks together. I don't mind McCown. Um, I don't love them this week. I currently have McCown, I believe, at... 16. So I have him just below Mariota and Goff. Um, 
above uh, Jacoby Brissett and Brett Hundley, but if, if there's one player that has any interest for me that I think you can start as as like a flyer option, I think that would be uh, Matt Forte. He's he seems. To Ooh, be... what about Austin Safarian Jenkins? Oh, and Safarian Jenkins forgot about him, but <clears throat> but I, I like everybody does. Yeah, <laughs> I for uh, I like Forte just because he's getting more involved in the passing game. Um, which I think uh, just increases the ceiling in PPR leagues. But I don't I, – it's interesting that you guys think this game's going to go over. I think this game's going to go under. I think it's just going to be one-sided. Like I like – you know, of course I like Tyrod and I like LaShawn McCoy, but I, I think they're – I think they get up to a pretty sizable lead and I think they just pound it away with McCoy and just sit on a lead for the game. And because it's a short week, I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring affair. Okay, yeah. Um I just think that both teams are more capable of scoring than uh, than is being led on in the line. But I get the I get the Thursday night argument for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think both these offenses can strike. Uh, the Bills more on the ground, but Josh McCown the last few weeks has been has been slinging it. So uh, that's been kind of cool to see as a, a guy who as. I mean, people need streamers all the time, so Josh McCown's definitely a guy that you can look forward to, but maybe not this week against this Bills secondary. I mean, it's not it's not the best secondary in the league, but it's certainly not terrible. They have an excellent rookie corner that I'm sure Reed's a huge fan of. I, I think he's oh, actually yeah. said, yeah, uh, white. Um but yeah, moving on to Sunday, the Falcons and the Panthers. I'm curious to get your thoughts, Zach. What do you think of this Panthers offense without Kelvin Benjamin? I think um, this definitely increases the appeal of Funchess and especially uh, McCaffrey in the uh, rest of the season. Um, I think McCaffrey is definitely going to find a lot of targets in uh in PPR leagues, I think he's definitely... He already gets like 30,000 targets a game. Yeah, I think he's going to get even more now without Benjamin. <laughs> um, when's Greg Olson coming back? It's not this week, is it? Is uh, it next week, week? Two weeks. Yeah. yeah, it's like two weeks before you can be activated again. Yeah, once he well, comes they ha- back... Well, they have a game, or they have two games, and they have a bye, and I believe he's coming back after that. Yeah, when he comes back, oof, it's going to be all systems go. Yeah. Uh, Reed, I want to get your thoughts on Curtis Samuel, because I think he's going to be more involved in the offense with Kelvin Benjamin gone. I think it's kind of the direction that the Panthers want to go. What do you think of him? And um, is there any other receiver that you're keeping an eye on for the Panthers besides Funches? You know, I might be a little bit more pessimistic about Mm -hmm. this Panthers offense without Greg Olson. Um, Cam Newton, if you watch the throws, and at the beginning of the year, it, a lot was talked about how he's not even 100% healthy. Clearly, his shoulder is still messing with how he's throwing the ball. He's always been known to throw to guys that have massive wingspan, massive uh, catch radius. Like Greg Ol- There's a reason Greg Olson sees a ton of targets. There's a reason Calvin Benjamin did very well with Cam Newton. There's a reason Devin Funches has been doing very well with Cam Newton. And I understand people want to take Curtis Samuel and immediately say, Oh, well, he's just going to take over what Ted Ginn did the last couple of years in Carolina. But Curtis Samuel wasn't actually a full-time wideout at Ohio State. He's still right. a rookie. Rookie wideouts tend to not do great their first year. And he's, he wasn't even Evans. a true 
except for Mike Evans, but he also <laughs> had a gazillion targets. His first yeah. Game. So it was like, yeah. how could he not? Um, I'm not as sold on the Curtis Samuel hype this year. I think next year, uh, that's somebody I would be looking to target later on in the draft or have a high waiver wire priority after week one just to see how it looks. Mm-hmm. Outs- otherwise, this is this entire offense is going to be um, ridiculously high passes that only Funches can catch on the outside, ridiculously high passes over the middle that only Greg Olson can catch, um, ineffective runs by Jonathan Stewart, Cam Newton casually scrambling for a couple yards here and there with some awesome attire before and after the game. And then dump off, dump offs to Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, to me that is essentially what their offense is going to look like the rest of the season. And those are the only guys I think I really want. But I'm not like I'm not sold on the Curtis Samuel just yet. I need if it happens this year, if it happens these next couple of weeks where he looks really good, then I'll buy in. But I'm not doing it just yet. I th- I think it's going to be a gradual thing, and I don't know if it's going to be gradual enough for him to actually be fantasy relevant this year. Um, certainly, I mean, gosh, we're close to the playoffs. I mean, we're f- four or five weeks away from the playoffs, so I just don't see a, a point to him being, you know, uh, startable by the playoffs. But it it'll be interesting, like you said, to watch for for next year. Uh, definitely, because I don't think you can just throw him in your lineup right now as your wide receiver three and be like, okay, go get me 10 points because, um, yeah, he he was hurt for a lot of camp. And so, yeah, they're just bringing him along slowly, and I don't see that changing. Uh, Zach, Tevin Coleman or Devonta Freeman? That's, I don't know. For Ed Freeman. <laughs> Freeman for now. I know Coleman's <laughs> been I just I think there's more I think Freeman has the higher floor rest of season than Oh, Coleman absolutely. Does. And I think that just based off of that, I think it's I, I just think the safe option is for Freeman. Uh I agree with you one hundred percent. They gotta find a way to get him the ball in space. Yeah, I though. also I also think they Honestly, I, I really do believe that the Falcons honestly believe that it's illegal to throw to Julio Jones in the red zone. They tried this past week. I watched he Matt Ryan just throws it too high, and the routes he runs into the end zone are terrible. And it it's just looks the same as it always has. I mean, I know the their whole rhetoric was they're gonna get the get Julio Jones the ball in the red zone. Um, he's gonna be. Well, not the Falcons saying this, but everyone's saying that he's going to be a, t- a top wide receiver. Um, he's going to score 10 touchdowns. But, I mean, it's just hasn't – it's been the same as usual. Uh, Reed, what do you make of Julio Jones this year? Um, they're going to start to panic, I think, on offense. Steve Sarkeesian is clearly panicking because he Drunk. looks really – well, that and he looks really bad compared to what they had last year. Um. They're, he's going to get like 14 targets a game. I feel like Matt Ryan's just going to consistently rely on him, even though Mohamed Sanu has looked really good in the mm-hmm. wide receiver two position again. This game's weird against Carolina. They're on the road. Carolina, the players might just be pissed off that they trade away their number one wideout. And just because you trade away your best player, if you still have other playmakers on the 
team doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to falter, i.e. literally the Bills to start the season. Like they trade mm-hmm. away almost everybody big name on the roster except McCoy. And there they are, five and two. I don't the line moved from one and a half to two and a half. Uh I don't know if I actually like Atlanta here. I think Carolina will win with a lot of dink and dunk and with Luke Keekley back. I don't like the Atlanta running game at all this week. Yeah. I don't like it one bit. You're gonna start Devonta Freeman if you have him because you took him in the first round or at the very beginning of the second round. But you're not, like temper the expectations. Like it's not going to be. I don't think it's going to be a great game for them. I mean, they're on the road to Atlanta. Historically, does not perform very well on the road. Although I don't think they've lost to an NFC team yet this year, if I'm remembering mm. correctly. They have three losses. They have three losses, right? Yeah, I think they've. Yeah, they've I lost. They've all lost three. They've lost. Oh all yeah, three the Patriots. AFC. Wait, hold on. We can. We have the technology. Yes, they, uh, they the are. Patriots, the Dolphins, and uh, yes, they are four and three. They lost to the Patriots, Dolphins, and Bills. They have okay. only lost to the AFCs. So okay. they are they are four and zero oh against the NFC. It's just whenever they ever since the Super Bowl last year, ever since they. they yeah, ever since the Super Bowl last year, ever since they they're just scared of the AFC East now. I guess I don't, it doesn't make any sense that well they beat the Jets this past week, but that was yeah. just a weird game. Um, the Buccaneers Saints. Um, I'm pretty much done with Jameis Winston as far as a fantasy standpoint this year. His shoulder is obviously bothering him, but like he's not that good on top of it. Um, he's just a very inaccurate passer. Uh, Mike Jones, or I'm sorry, Mike Jones, uh, Mike Evans looks like he's just, I don't know, kind of just half-assed running routes. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's playing hard. Um, I just don't know if, I just don't know if Doug Martin's ever going to have a season like he had his rookie year again. I, I highly doubt he will, actually. Um, I, well, I mean... Uh, again, I this is just purely based off of matchup, but I believe his next four opponents, which is not New Orleans, but after it's it's the Jets, Miami, Atlanta, Atlanta, and Green Bay are all very good matchups for running backs. So he has the opportunity. Yeah. He has the opportunity to do well, but certain things need to happen and those certain things like him just not running into an offensive lineman and falling down (laughs) that and the fact that the defense needs to stay in their defense needs to let this team be competitive and they're not i mean that's just not gonna happen did anyone see the the gif i posted on twitter today of uh Christian McCaffrey uh, completely clotheslining a defensive end last week. I mean, this defense is just horrible. Um, Aside from Vernon Hargreaves, for whatever reason, who's playing really well the last two weeks, like everyone is just really bad. Uh, They're not pressuring the quarterback at all. Um, They're going to give Drew Brees so much time next week, and he's just going to completely pick them apart. It's going to be over in the first half. and that that was your take from a Bucks fan. Um, Zach, what do you think about this game? I mean, 
I it's interesting because Mike Evans draws the uh the matchup against Lattimore. So mm-hmm. you know I, yeah. I I I still I have Mike Evans in one of my bigger leagues. I I'm still starting him. Um as for the rest of this offense, um the consensus or at least according to the the fantasy pros average consensus rankings they're pretty high on Cameron Bray, but I don't get that because the Saints are pretty good against tight ends. I think it'd be a big Deshaun Jackson week, if anything. Yeah. Um, maybe you sneak a little OJ Howard in there, but I mean, you're not going to sneak. You're not going to put him in your lineup. Um, maybe Doug Martin gets a touchdown this week. I mean, he does have some good runs, but I mean, it just seems like every time they hand it to him on first down, like it's such a predictable run play. It's just automatically second and nine, the next play. Um, but on the Saints side of the ball, like I love everyone on the Saints side of the ball, um, especially Ted Ginn this week. I love Ted Ginn. Um, I mean, the last three weeks, Ted Ginn has put up some pretty nice fantasy days. I mean, he hasn't been getting in. He got in the end zone uh, a couple games ago, but I mean, he's still just racking up yardage. I mean, almost 70 yards last week. So that's like wide receiver flex territory. Um, Here, Here's my question for uh, you guys. Um, who do you think finishes as the higher running back this week? Mark Ingram or Kamara? Kamara. I think it's Kamara, too. What about you, Reed? Oh, boy. I... I actually... I'm going to agree with you guys on Kamara. I think it's close, though. I think they're going to pretty much get the same... If you had to choose between them, I don't think you could go wrong. Yeah, very I think Kamara... If it's a PPR, though, I think Kamara is going to be the one who gets more of the catches out of the backfield. Yeah. Because Drew Brees actually, this it's one of the more underrated or not really talked about storylines. He hasn't been lighting the world on fire like everyone was expecting. Or no, he has I, two capable or, running backs. Yeah, I think a lot of it is he's just deferring to the running running backs in the running game. Which, I mean, yeah, that's great for the playoffs and whatnot, but they're at home in a dome. He should be able to throw it. Yeah. And Tampa doesn't really do well. On defense. At anything. Yeah. At anything, yeah. I was going to say <laughs> against the pass, but like, no, they're not good against the run either. <laughs> no. So. It's just a factory of sadness in Tampa. Uh, but yeah. I mean, uh, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> that's good for you, Zach. You're Jewish, <laughs> so you should be. What? Um, I don't know. That doesn't, even, that doesn't even make any sense. No, it doesn't at all. Reed, I live in Tampa, by the way, which is why I made the, when he was like, oh, it's a factor of sadness. I was like, my name's Zach. I live in Tampa. (laughs) No, I think, well, I mean, after the trade deadline, the only factory of sadness, seriously, though, is Cleveland. Like, oh my God, that is, can we talk about how dumb that is? Yes. Let's let's discuss. That is, I was, how did, how did Kevin Costner let that happen, guys? It's a great. I'm question. sure he had he had written down on a note card yeah. AJ McCarron no matter what. Yeah, how did, just, how did Dennis Leary blow that? Isn't that what Jennifer Garner is supposed to be there for to make sure that the shit doesn't happen <laughs> like that? Like, come on, like what is that? But in all seriousness, that has to be the dumbest, the dumbest thing on the planet. Yeah, the only uh, like reasonable thing I can think of. 
is the coaching staff and like two people in the front office were like, yeah, let's do this. And then they gave the information. They gave the, okay, you go and call the league office. And the you happened to be <laughs> somebody was like, and the one I like, but I'm it, sure. it actually, it, it, this would totally be a Cleveland thing. It was somebody from like the all in analytics department in that front office. And they're looking at that and saying, we're giving up a two and a three for a guy who might be a UFA at the end of the year for AJ McCarron. That's not worth it at all. And he doesn't make the trade. So then Cleveland tries a, well, which one's worse? We have people in our front office who sabotaged the trade on our part, or we goofed up. Like we have people, we have people in our front office who are going back on the word of like a handshake agreement, or wow, stay woke. something something goofy like th- something goofy like we oh we forgot to call the league office. Like which storyline's gonna blow over faster? Which one's gonna have l- less long term implications? Probably, yeah. and I know it sounds crazy. Nah. The goofy, we forgot to call the league office. Probably looks better than we went back on our word at our analytics department, overrode the agreement, the handshake agreement we already had. Because oh, wow. the the if like yeah, I don't have like definitive evidence to prove that that's what happened. But if I'm thinking it through. The idea that they didn't call the league office just seems so dumb that I don't believe. Like, it's one of those, I don't believe. Like, no, literally, I don't believe you. Like, I don't believe that that is what happened. I believe that 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 call wasn't made on purpose. But it it is Cleveland. It's Cleveland, but they're not. That's why people buy the story. (laughs) That's why people are buying the story, but I'm not because I'm thinking objectively. You can't be that dumb. And then there were the reports that it's a, it was a two and a three for AJ McCarron. Also, why? Yeah, no why kidding. is that the price so, for AJ McCarron? The, I think and they Jimmy would pay Garoppolo. anything. I think they would because something happened where the Patriots weren't agreeing with the terms of conditions for Jimmy G. But yeah, it's they're just so desperate at this point to get any quarterback. It might as well be AJ McCarron because he's shown brief glimpses of hope. Yeah. I don't understand. They're yeah, 0 and 8. No, no, just okay. like okay, go where? 0 and 16 and figure it out. Like you yeah. don't have to trade your draft away for But they've been a, messing a up the draft too. Well not messing it up. I think they had a pretty decent it, draft yeah. this year. It's hard when it's hard to mess up the draft when the overall the consensus number one overall pick was Miles Garrett. And right. at the first pick they pick Miles Garrett. Congratulations, you really whiffed on that one. I like the Joku pick a ton. <laughs> no, no, seriously, I like the Joku pick a ton. I I think Jabril Pepper sucks. I think he sucked in college, so, and I don't think that's going to work out. I didn't think but, Kaiser. Uh, I didn't think Kaiser. I get what you're saying, Reed, about Miles Garrett. I'm saying after Garrett. Yeah, I, that's where. I mean, that's yeah. a problem. I think I don't think Kaiser. And but was anyone? Like I don't, I don't understand the Kaiser pick because I don't understand Kaiser. I don't understand why people liked him. I I saw like he didn't really impress me. Not that I should be the one that is impressed and I'm the end all be all, but well, you are. Well, <laughs> I thought I was the end all be all. But I mean, I just he never really, <laughs> he never really. Uh, I never really saw it in at Notre Dame. 
He couldn't he, even. The, it people was love him, him because he has an arm. He has a cannon. Yeah, but okay. it was, he couldn't even win the job outright between him and the guy who transferred to FSU. I'm, I'm not, I forget what his name was. But uh, I, yeah, I, I don't remember. Yeah, either. I digress. Okay, hold on. Let's just run a little, little thought experiment here. So going into so two years ago in college, Deshaun Kaiser was like supposed to be the number one overall pick after the next college football season, right? Like everyone said, Deshaun Kaiser is going to be your number one quarterback. Deshaun Kaiser this, Deshaun Kaiser that. Okay. Then his senior year happens. I think it was his senior year. Yeah, it was his senior year. His senior year happens, and it's turnovers everywhere. He has a really bad supporting cast around him. So he doesn't look as good. Then his uh, draft stock falls all the way to the second round. Despite all the pre uh, like preseason number one overall pick hype, does that sound mm-hmm. like any quarterback on the West Coast that plays for a team with the nickname of Trojans going on right now? To anybody? <laughs> I don't think so I don't like, think he's going to come out this year. This is the thing. I don't blame the hype on Deshaun Kaiser because you could justify why he didn't look good his senior year. You can sit there and be like, his junior year, he had electric throws. He was smart with the football. He got it to his playmakers. And then say, well, his senior year, he lost all of those playmakers. They didn't surround him with talent. The offensive line was bad. The NC State game was played in the middle of a fucking hurricane in, like, a pool. At which everyone was going to look bad there. And all these excuses were drudged up as to why he's still a very good quarterback. He fell to the second round. I don't blame the pick. It's the management and the team. It's like the supporting cast around him isn't great. He's one of those quarterbacks where you have to take three years to develop him before oh, you start. Play. Yeah, they're it's not a- being patient. Like, so, yeah. They, it, yeah. It, is Deshaun Watson, say they did make the, the 12th pick and uh, they didn't trade to the Texans and they took Deshaun Watson. We're not talking about the same Deshaun Watson that we are this year. Nope. I no. mean, it's it's has a lot to do with uh, it has a lot to do with the organization. And also, I mean, like you said, like you guys said, it, he should not be, have been starting in his first year. And I'm pretty sure when we were doing our draft stuff, I said, this is this is a project like he's a very raw talent. And now his career is probably ruined. Like he probably won't. <laughs> he probably won't get an opportunity um, outside of Cleveland. I mean, well, here's the thing is. Are we talking about the same the same Deshaun Kaiser if Corey Coleman stays healthy and doesn't break his hand? Yes. I don't know. Are we? I I, I don't. I think so. I don't think it's nearly as bad. I don't think he's getting pulled because the only target he had was Kenny Britt, who dro- literally was giving passes to the other team. Yeah. To the point where he had to be like healthy scratch the game because he was so bad. <laughs> Like he got paid. He, like you want to talk about a team that has no weapons on the outside for their quarterback? Oh my God, Cleveland! And I hate to break it to the Cleveland front office, the wide receiver core in this year's draft is like poop emoji bad. It it's not good. They're like mm-hmm. I don't think they're getting help from the wide receiver class. So I don't necessarily believe that Deshaun Kaiser is as bad as he has looked. But I don't trust the Cleveland front office to make the right decision on it. Like you can accumulate all the picks you want, but if you can't hit on them, and I guess this is where in hockey, as a Buffalo Sabres fan, the last like five years they had like a gazillion picks, and like 
three picks have like turned out for them. Like that's yeah. terrible. That that's I, how you set your franchise back like fifteen years. I don't, I don't hockey, but I know that you play a lot of players in hockey. <laughs> so you probably want to hit those draft picks. Yeah. Yes. And uh, all right, so let's get back to the games a little bit. I mean, we're not going to talk about all of them, but uh, I do want to hit on the marquee ones, like uh, the Rams against the Giants. I mean, obviously the Rams are probably going to win this game. Uh, but, Zach, what do you think of Jared Goff this week? Eh, I mean, yeah. eh, if, if you got to. Um, he's 15th for me, so that pretty much just says that he's not, you know, a top 12 option in, you know, in standard leagues, but... I feel like he's really safe. I don't think so. Not against the... Not to get well, a no, lot of points, what happened but... to... Remind me, what happened with Janoris Jenkins? Something happened. He's suspended. He will okay. not be playing in this game. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so... Yeah, I agree with that. I think he's a safe option. You know, um... Yeah, I, I like Cooper Cup, of course. Robert Woods is always that home run deep threat that you can start and just hope, like a what-the-heck flex. And I think you're not starting Sammy Watkins. But, you know, it's not the worst matchup for Goff in the world. Um, but it's uh, there are definitely better options. Yeah, Reed, um, on the Giants side of the ball, uh, I want to get your thoughts on Sterling Shepard. Are you, are you sticking him right into your lineup um, along with Evan Ingram? No, no, okay. no. I think the total on this game is forty-two. I honestly think the Giants are going to win this game. Like, I'm going to guess like sixteen to ten Ooh. is the type of game I'm envisioning here. So I got a couple. So I got a couple things going on here, right? And I actually think Jared Goff is a not a good play this week. Um, this is a West Coast team, the Rams, traveling east to play the Giants. Giants are coming off a bye. Also, the Rams are coming off a bye. So it's sort of a wash. It's a 1 o'clock game. So, it's again, it's a time zone thing. Unless the Rams are getting there a week early, which they're not, time zones matter. It's How many times have we seen a West Coast team travel east and just stink? Just stink up the joint. They don't oh, look yeah. good. The only team that probably has looked any good doing that so far would have been last week where San Diego, outside of Travis Benjamin, just giving away points. I mean, San Diego played pretty competitively with New England, but like West Coast team traveling east, that's a red flag for me right away. The line, Rams are three and a half point favorite. I'm not sold on the Rams going to be being able to score as much as everyone, the hype has them scoring. I, To me, it's just really weird. I think the Giants are going to be pissed off. They're, they had all bye week to see everyone make jokes about them, laugh at them, so on and so forth. Last time they had a defender suspended, it was um, who's it, Rogers Camardi, I believe, mm-hmm. was suspended for a game, and they ended up going out and winning that game. Yeah, it was a get, and it was like okay, like awesome. I don't think the Rams are going to be able to put up as many points as people think, but for the Giants' offense. It's going to be ugly. Like I'll just say, it. Their offense is sort of hard to watch. Like really hard to watch. Like I will turn the channel off. Hard to watch. Yeah, I'm not starting Sterling Shepard because I don't know how good he's going to look against the Rams. I think the Rams' defense is still very good, and defenses travel. I would start Evan Ingram because 
they gotta throw they gotta throw the ball to him. Like he Yeah, he's gonna see like he's gonna 10 see to 12 targets. targets and like you want the opportunities. I'm gonna take the guy I'm gonna take Evan Ingram because he's gonna see the targets. But I mean in all my leagues I drafted Travis Kelsey because he's just a lot better than everybody else. So I put high priority on that. But for those of you that did it, I think Evan Ingram's <laughs> a fine start. Okay. Uh, Bengals and Jaguars. Uh, you're, is, uh, Zach, I want to know, uh, is Joe Mixon your boy again in daily fantasy this week since he is playing against a uh, poor rushing defense? I mean, yeah, if he can hold on to the ball, sure. Um, that was one fumble. Get off Yeah. Him. <laughs> um, He's the best rookie running back playing in this game. Ooh, oh, it shouldn't. No, no, no. Um, it was a joke. Is it, though? I don't think so. I think he's more talented, but, you know, whatever. Shut up. Um. Anyway, so... Um, I'm not the biggest daily fantasy guy. You're really frustrated, I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. I'm not the biggest daily fantasy guy. Just, you know, I like to throw in some just general advice in the... In the in my rankings posts and the now defunct uh, tools column, but uh, no, I I think Mixon is fine as like a you know fly or flex option, but I just don't see the Cincinnati offense getting off the ground. Um, they they've had a full week to prepare for this Bengals attack, and I think they're going to do a great job of shutting down Green and shutting down Mixon. Um, I like Ty- Tyler Croft just because. Jacksonville isn't the strongest against tight ends compared to wide receivers. Um, but aside from that, you know, I'm not eager to start mixing, but you kind of have to if you have them. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, Read on the Jaguar side of the ball. Uh, before we get into this game, um, do you have any thoughts on Dede Westbrook at all? Um, and do you think he's worthy of a stash? I thought it's Dede Westbrook. Day Day DD. I'm sorry. I think it's DD Westbrook and DD. Then we'll go with DD on a reliable Ugh. basis. No, um, oh. I'm not. Honestly, this Jags offense for me it's Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette, mm-hmm. and then if Leonard Fournette's hurt, then it's Chris Ivory or just Chris Ivory. The TJ Yeldon carries I think were a fluke because they were just blowing out Indy. I'm. This Jags offense is just strictly running the ball. It's Doug Marone coach. He said how many it was uh they had someone asked him in the offseason or like right before the season started, if you in your ideal offense, how many times would you throw the ball? And he said zero. Like I don't trust wow. I don't trust this I don't trust Blake Bortles to throw the ball. I know he had like two hundred and something yards passing in the first half in their last game. <clears throat> they were playing Indy. It's not happening. Like, they don't play Indy every week, although I think they play Indy one more time. But outside of that, like, I'm not – there are better options, I think, on your waiver wire, and I think your roster spots can be used more valuably or of more importance than D.D. Westbrook, this year at least. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with what you said, uh, but some, I mean, a lot of waiver wires are thin at this point, and I mean, there could actually be some upside there. Not saying that it's likely, I'm saying like a 1 in 10 chance that he that he is able to, you know, get, get out on the field and uh, really uh, make some noise. 
but for the most part, I, I totally agree. But uh, the Redskins and Seahawks, let's let's run through the the marquee games. Uh, so Zach last week, Houston was able to throw all over the Seahawks. Uh, do you see Kirk Cousins being able to do the same thing? No, because he doesn't have an offensive line. Or maybe they will. Maybe some well, of them neither does neither does uh, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, but I the, mean, he did have Dwayne Brown back, but. Yeah, for like one game. Yeah, for one game. Yeah, I I think my answer is no. Um, especially because I just don't think the Redskins receivers are playing well enough to to let um Cousins do that. And with Jordan Reed out, I know they have Vernon Davis, but you know he's Vernon Davis. Um, and uh, the answer is no. I don't What's think he's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's the worst option in the world. And on the Seattle side of the ball, I think you can start the usual guys. Are you are you guys now like super super confident in like the other Seattle receivers not named Doug Baldwin? I like Doug Baldwin more than them. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, he, but, I mean, he he owned the target share against uh, Houston. Uh, he just had a couple bad drops in the first quarter. Um, I think Doug Baldwin's going to be fine going forward. He had a huge game the week before, and I think this will be another big game for him. Uh, I actually, I forgot he's facing uh, Josh Norman this week. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I actually do like the other uh, the other receiving options. Um, I do like the other uh, receiving options. Uh, I said last week that Seattle's secondary was going to have an issue with Deshaun Watson, so props to me. Um, yeah, and props for me for sitting uh, Deshaun Watson on my bench. And no, it's okay. I sat Russell Wilson last week oh, instead, of Al- instead of Alex Smith. I ended up losing oh, my no. league by two. I lost by two points. Yeah, I lost by two and a half, and I yeah. would have blown the guy out if I started Deshaun Watson. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but I do think no, I don't think Kirk Cousins. I don't think is going to do that great. Terrell Pryor has just been an absolute dud for them this year. <laughs> uh, Josh Josh Dotson has actually looked pretty good. Like I loved him coming out of TCU. Oh yeah, this is not three um, targets, one catch last week. Yeah, Luckily it was a I, touchdown. I think the real question is: Does Seattle get any yards on the ground? Again, like Washington's not the healthiest when it comes to their defensive line, but Seattle had like, what was it? Three yards rushing from the running backs last week. First of all, why are they giving Eddie Lacy any carries? Like ever? Why is he? I don't know why they're giving Thomas Rawls any carries either. Like, I I think it should be McKissick and uh, whoever else is healthy on the roster. Um, well, they're I don't I don't think Procise dressed last week, did he? No, no, he's been hurt, but once he comes back, there's another guy. Procise his name, Truther. yeah. I mean, he just another guy who can't stay healthy. I just don't like anyone. I don't like I don't like the running game in Seattle at all. Like, does whatsoever. Dwayne Brown help it though? I think Dwayne Brown helps the passing game more than the the running game. What do you think? I'm. I don't think it helps the running game because I think the running backs are bad. You're right. But the passing game, Russell Wilson probably is going to have like an extra point five seconds to throw the ball. 
That's everything. Is everything for him. So I like it. I like the Dwayne Brown acquisition. I feel like they're going to have to pay the piper at some point by give, trading away all these draft picks. Mm-hmm. But um, the games at the lines at seven and a half right now. Tolls only at forty five. I could see Seattle. I could see Paul Richardson having like a hundred and fifteen yards receiving this game. Okay, and this might be the sneaky finally get a reliable Jimmy Graham like ninety plus yard game. <laughs> instead of instead of like thirty yards off of three targets for two touchdowns, which was incredible. Right. Hopefully, oh, yeah, we totally. get more Jimmy Graham in the offense. Hopefully, yeah, we've been saying that for two years though. <laughs> Zach, what were you gonna say? No, I was just gonna say that he did have a nice game, and I think he should have. I think he should be productive just going forward. I know it was fluky, but Paul Richardson. No, uh, Jimmy Graham. Oh, okay. Well, you'll say that no matter what, because he was uh, really high in your preseason rankings. So. Yes, sir. Go ahead and pat yourself on the back there, buddy. Um, so let's go with Eagles and Broncos. This is this is an interesting game. Uh, Zach, what do you think Carson Wentz will be able to do against the Broncos? If they are at home. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, like, I like Wentz. Maybe I shouldn't, but... I think if if I could choose one receiver that would have a good game against the the um the Broncos, it would definitely be Nelson Aguilar, just because Smith. God damn it, <laughs> Smith Smith should draw Keep Talib. Um, Alshon should draw Bradley Roby, who has been playing really well um <clears throat> thus far. Um, but no, I I like Wentz. And then as for this running, I, I like Wentz because I think you can just I never bench your studs, and he's been the best quarterback in the NFL, not named Tom Brady, um, this week, uh, this this year. And um, in terms of the <laughs> running game, I think, and this is my God's honest truth, if you have Jay Ajayi, try to trade him like now. For everyone that's listening that has JHI, trade him now while his value is sky high because I think everyone's believing that he's going to be the lead back or d- dominate carries and while he might have the the might have more carries than everyone else, Doug Peterson loves him some RBBC. Like this isn't, you know, this isn't anything new. This is the way it has been with Peterson's offenses. Like when even even when he was in Kansas City, we were so frustrated that Jamal Charles wasn't wasn't the outright bell cow, right? And they were like, oh, we're, mm-hmm. we're going to try to get Jamal Charles involved. We're going to try to no like this, and it's okay for football because you know, in in real life football purposes, it, it, it works wonders, but. Peterson, like Ajay, is going to be in a in a running back by committee. Oh, okay. Reed, what do you think? Honestly, I completely agree that uh, if you own JJ, first of all, you've been disappointed this year. Secondly, people, there's going to be a lot of hype of, oh, he's going to a team that's seven and one. He's going to get all the carries. I'm selling him for what I can get. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like. I don't like this matchup. Carson or Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz is going to eat this game. He is going to just dominate yeah, the linebacking like core of Denver. Also, just quick little like news note: 
It looks like Josh Gordon was just reinstated. Ooh. The oh, Browns boy. announced. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he plays this year, though. No, nah, probably not. Probably not, but just a little, uh, if you're in a dynasty. Yeah. Sneaky, sneaky ad, like, immediately, like, right now. Like, like, don't like, stop until tomorrow. Stop, stop listening, almost, stop listening almost, to this podcast. Yeah, almost as sneaky as the, um, during everyone's drafts when they were when they have Twitter open on a second screen and they saw that Spencer Ware got hurt and they looked up that Kareem Hunt was going to get the starter and carries and you're in like the fifth round of your draft. And it's like, hmm, just let me just type in Hunt into the search bar and here we go. Let's just add him to two. But, <laughs> Except um, you drafted Akeem Hunt because you're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> let's see. Um, Denver, good God. It's the Brockening. It's going to be bad. Uh, Brock Osweiler starting for Denver. This line is at nine. I would. I cannot believe that this is not the biggest line. Um, Denver. I just said it earlier with the Rams going to the Giants. You have a West Coast team traveling East. Eagles look great at home. They look great everywhere. They're going to get such short fields too. Yeah, Denver's not going to be able to move the ball at all on Philly. Like, I can't believe this line's only at nine. This is, I'm, like, genuinely surprised. Although, I guess the biggest line doesn't surprise me either. That's Houston's a 13-point favorite against Indy. Shocker. But, <laughs> like, Indy is so bad. Houston, Deshaun Watson's going to put up, like, I don't know, what do you guys think? Over under 350 yards passing. Against Indy, over, Ooh. over. I think it's, I think it's over. I, yeah. I think Will Fuller keeps up his like one touchdown reception every like, one point four catches, number he's got going right now. They're just gonna blow him out of the water. Could make for an interesting Donta Foreman play in your in your leagues just because they're not gonna want to kill Lamar Miller. They're right, gonna get up right. so much. So fast. The total's fifty. They might do it by themselves. Yeah, I mean that totally makes sense. Yeah, but back to the Broncos and Eagles. I, I want nothing to do with Denver this week. I uh, like you're going to start Demarius Thomas because of where you drafted him. But if you have better options, I would almost swap them. I don't think Brock Osweiler is going to do anything. Tall, lanky motherfucker. He has a family. <laughs> so do you, Zach? But that doesn't stop us. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. I love you, Zach. Eh. Um, I do. Um, Chiefs and Cowboys. Uh, this could prop. Think with this slate. This is probably the last game we're going to talk about, so we can dive deep into it. Because um, I, I mean, Cardinals, 49ers, Raiders, Dolphins. It's Woo. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, Reed, I know you started Alex Smith last week over Russell Wilson, just to remind you. Um, yeah, what thanks. do you think of Alex? What? What do I think of Alex Smith this week? Yes. Um, I don't think he's going to have to do a whole lot. I think he's okay to play. Like, I'm starting Russell Wilson this week over Alex Smith. But I think Alex Smith is still a pretty good play listen the big thing is 
Ezekiel Elliott's not playing in this game for Dallas. Their running game is going to be hurt. There's no word in the English language that describes accurately how badly their running game is going to be impacted by this. I also said it's the best line. offensive line. I don't, you know, first of all, <laughs> it's not the best offensive line. Everyone keeps hyping up Dallas to be this God's gift to earth, which no, Jerry Jones can suck it. Him and Papa John can go eat a dick at this point. <laughs> um, honestly, I like, I think Kansas Racy. City should, Kansas City should just blow them out of the water. I, I don't really see it with Dallas. Without Ezekiel, this is a seven and nine team at best in my eyes. Oh, yeah. uh, even though the game's in Dallas, I think Kansas City should be able to just—they should be able to run on them. There's going to be a lot of um, draw plays, little uh, screen passes. The screen passes, I think, is where you're going to see Alex Smith get a stupid amount of points with Kareem Hunt mm-hmm. and Jarkandrick West. Again, Travis Kelsey's going to eat because he's just way better. And I hope he just bodies Sean Lee because everyone keeps talking about Sean Lee as the next great thing at the linebacker position, which, no, he's still very good, but just, no, he's not the best linebacker in the league. So I don't know. He's had a pretty good five games in his career. Troy Troy Aikman and uh, Joe Buck should really stop pumping them up that much. Um, I I expect Kansas City to just do work. I expect at least two uh, bye-bye waves by Tyreek Hill on deep passes as well to the Dallas secondary. Maybe it's, I don't know if this is coming out or not, but I'm not a huge fan of the Cowboys, like as a person, <laughs> as a team, but I like, I'm looking at the matchup right now. I don't know. The total is 51 and it's a pick em game. Yeah. I, I was love just about to say that. I love, pick I, love wow. I love the chiefs in this. Zach, what do you think? I don't know. Like I think Reed makes excellent points, especially about Dak, just because they don't have Elliott. But I think you're starting the usual suspects here, and um, on both. Well, teams. you're not going to bench Des Bryant. No, definitely not. Like Des um, has a good matchup. T- well, yeah. Well, it depends. It depends which Marcus Peters on. shows up. Let me. Up. I think he's projected to go against. According to Pro Football Focus, <laughs> it looks like uh, he's going to get covered by Kenneth Acker with Peters covering Terrence Williams, just based purely based off of position of field, but they could shadow them. Okay. Because like, Dez only, like, usually lines up on the left, and that's where Acker is, and Peters usually on the right, you know, which is where Williams is, but no, I, I, so I, start yeah. Williams is what you're saying. No, I'm saying I mean, <laughs> no, I think you can start Bryant. Yeah, you know, like you're not going to bench him, right? No, I agree, um, fellas. I, I think that about wraps it up. Um, Reed, what do you have going on on the hockey side of things right now? Um, on it, we just re- uh, Viz and I just did a podcast out on the iTunes web interwebs or whatever on uh, players that are struggling right now. We like to do the three-point challenge where you get shout-outs and whatnot. You just pick a player that's not in the top ten in scoring to get three points on the night, which is oh, actually way it is way more difficult than you would expect because the top ten in scoring is just blowing up the numbers right now. Like they got there's two guys on Tampa, uh, Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov, who are like just 
un- they are unstoppable yeah. right now. Yeah. And it's like, well, you can't pick them. So go find somebody else. Like Sidney Crosby, nope, can't pick him. Go find somebody else. Austin Matthews, nope, go find somebody else. Just little things like that. Um, can, otherwise, what about, it's, uh, it's sort of like, what about the GOAT, uh, John- Jonathan Tavares? Johnny Tavares, actually sneaky, he started off, he had three points the first six games, and we had a podcast that was like right after, right before their seventh game, and we were like, man, this is a really slow start for John Tavares. He ended up having a hat-trick the next night, he had a hat-trick the night after that. Yeah, he's picked it up. He's, yeah, he is like fourth or fifth in the league in scoring right now, which is insane. He has been on a, an absolute, he's a one-man wrecking crew right now, yeah. so... Otherwise, we just do the weekly podcast for hockey, keep everyone up to date on, like, who's struggling, who's doing well, who you should pick up, injury stuff, you know, same old, same old. Because it's a lot like baseball or basketball where it's, like, a real daily grind for hockey. Mm-hmm. And you have to make sure you get your right goalie matchups. If your goalie's playing Tampa, do not play them ever. That's <laughs> a terrible idea. They're going to give up. That goalie's giving up, like, seven goals that game because Tampa is, again, unstoppable. They're right that now. good, huh? Yep. They are if you have the NHL center ice or the NHL TV package, they are must watch their first line okay. is world beaters right now. Also the point the Josh Gordon, we said he won't be back this year. He's eligible to start practicing November 20th. And he's eligible to be on the 53 man roster on the November 27th. Wow. So that's Thanksgiving Sun, the Sunday after that, Thanksgiving. That, yep, that is the Thanksgiving weekend slate of games that he's eligible to be on the fifty-three man roster, which is interesting. Be interesting to see. Yeah, because that could be a. I don't even know if I'd put him at a dark horse for if you needed a playoff run. No. type guy just to throw on something to keep an eye on. Though, like if he looks good, in, if there are reports he looks good. Well, in uh, there's one league where I'm going to go pick him up right now. But I mean, I think just by, <laughs> by default, he's the best wide receiver in Cleveland. Yes, and Deshaun Kaiser or whatever thing is starting at quarterback in Cleveland huh? is going to be throwing him the ball. Success! I just added Josh Gordon in a 14-team league where I'm in first place. So. I love it. But I don't know if I'm ever going to start him over Keenan Allen. Uh, maybe Mike Evans, you know, just keeps doing what he's doing. And Josh Gordon, maybe I can start him at some point. I don't know. But I have Josh Gordon on a roster, so I have something to be excited about. There you go. <laughs> he's, I, I just really don't think he's going to do anything this year. But it was you got to make that speculative ad if he's available in a deeper league. Um so, Zach, what's your Twitter handle? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> read, read, read what's uh, you your can, Twitter handle. You can, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Razball underscore Zach. And Reed? I'm at uh, ReedCash17, R-E-I-D-K-A-S-H-1-7. Awesome. All right. Um, so, it was good to have Reed on again. Reed, are we going to get you back next week, too? Uh, yeah, I should be able to. As long as we get the times worked out, I should be able to make it back. Let's go! So the Bills will be 6-2. and two. Let's go! Oh, yeah. 6-2, <laughs> and two uh, Bills, baby. Yeah, as long as the Bills keep winning, uh, you're going to want to come on and talk about that. But we don't want to see, we don't want to see you with a three-game losing streak. <laughs> oh, man. 
it's just I'm just only going to talk about hockey, and then at that point, you guys are going to just kick me off the call. Like <laughs> Reed, I will talk to you about the the current state of the NHL any day of the week. Perfect. All right. Uh, be sure to check out my uh, my trade deadline articles. I worked very very hard on them. Um, uh, and check boy. me out on Twitter at rasball underscore mb. Zach, why were you talking when I was talking? People <laughs> probably didn't hear. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Thanks for joining us. Uh, everybody, everybody, look at me. I'm Matt Bowie, except I don't have an I in my last name, and I write hard. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, all right, fellas. You guys have a good week. Yep. Thank you, guys.